Good morning, Converge Nation. Pastor Ray and Wendy here with part two of Faith Over Fear, Finding Certainty in Uncertain Times. Right from the outset, let me announce to you that the church has left the building. It is official. Amen. But just because we're practicing social distancing doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be disconnected or disengaged spiritually. And so the good news is we have uh, technology that we can leverage to ensure that we are equipping you with the word of God and making sure that you are encouraged. Pastor Wendy, why don't you go ahead and greet the people and then we'll dive into the word together. Amen. Greetings, people. We are so glad <laughs> to be able to stay connected with you. We have been praying for you. We have been studying this word to be able to bring to you. And so we glad we are glad that everyone is doing well so far. Yes. So all of those we've talked to, reached out to, we've heard from, mm -hmm. everyone is doing well. And so we want to keep that momentum going. Absolutely. And if you haven't heard from us yet, uh, you are next in line. We've been calling uh, our members, our church family, just to check in and check on each of you to make sure you are doing well. And so far, so good. Uh, you guys are doing uh, an amazing job of staying uh, full of faith and uh, you're staying encouraged. And, uh, and we want to make sure uh, it stays that way. Uh, we want to let you know that uh, at the end of today's message, we will be sharing communion uh, together. And, uh, and uh, we also want to uh, encourage you and let you know that over the next several weeks, we will not be meeting corporately. That's part of our COVID-19 strategy. Uh, this is pretty ambitious, right? Uh, we, we, we pray uh, we pray earnestly that we'll be able to gather uh, together corporately uh, on Resurrection Sunday, which is April 12th. Now, again, I say this is very ambitious uh, just because all indications point to the fact that we may not be ready yet for large corporate uh, gatherings. But that's our prayer, right. uh, that we get to celebrate the most important moment, the, the most significant watershed moment in human history, the resurrection of our Savior. But if not... The church has left the building and we'll still have an opportunity to celebrate Jesus in a very, very unique way and celebrate Easter together. Mm -hmm. I think we'll be able to make it. One um, phrase that we learned in Bible school at mm -hmm. Rama Bible Training College is faith prepares. Yeah, faith does. So Levi already has his Easter suit. <laughs> yes, it he has does. already been to the tailor. The pants have been hemmed. He's got his tie we're still debating on the shoes. So our faith is he will be able to wear this suit April 12th. April 12th. <laughs> Amen. In the interim, right, we encourage you to practice all necessary safety precautions as recommended by uh, the CDC and the Texas Department of Health and Human Services and other uh, local uh, state and uh, federal uh, agencies. All right. So first and foremost, your safety is our primary uh, concern. And let's continue to do our part, right, to outpace uh, the spread of the virus and uh, to help our medical community respond so that they are not bogged down. Uh, as you pray, make sure you're praying for those who are uh, first responders on the front line, uh, those who are nurses and doctors and who also have families, uh, but they're in the trenches there, man, uh, making sure that people who have contracted the virus are receiving the medical care and attention uh, they need and deserve. So let's make this a time really uh, that we're, we're praying and that we're other-centered and uh, bearing one another's burdens and in the process fulfilling the law of Christ according to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Well, let's pray. 
and we'll dive into the word together. Father, we come to you now in the name that is above every other name, the mighty matchless name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but what you have given us is a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Father, we lift up our church family, and uh, we lift up the body of Christ. We lift up our world, Father. We lift up the nations to you. We thank you, God, that you hold our world in your hand. And we can rest in that, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we can know with a certainty, with great certainty, Father, that you're working all things together for our good and ultimately for your glory, and that we don't have to fret or be afraid, that we can rest in your peace, God, that passes all understanding. We commit this time to you. Father, as we look to your word, we do so with great humility and reverence and uh, excitement and enthusiasm as you speak to us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As I mentioned earlier, this is week two of Faith Over Fear. We're finding certainty in uncertain times. Uh, most of you who know me and know my background know that I served four years in the United States Army, two years at, uh, man, proud tradition, the 101st Airborne Division Air Assault at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Learned so many life lessons about leadership, about teamwork, about discipline, about honor. Uh, but one of the lessons that I learned uh, while in the military was the importance of decision-making and how to make intelligent decisions uh, quickly. Uh, we called it the OODA loop, the OODA loop, O-O-D-A. We're going to unpack that because I think there, there, there are principles and lessons we can learn from the OODA loop that we can apply to these uncertain times as we're in the throes of decision-making personally, maybe for your family, maybe for your business, uh, maybe for the teams that you lead. And the premise of the OODA loop is the ability to make uh, intelligent decisions, wise decisions, tactical decisions in uncertain uh, times. So here it is, the OODA, O-O-D-A, stands for observe, orient, decide, and act. Observe, orient, decide, and act. For those of you who've been following us on social media, I've been serving, I've been sharing these uh, one-minute clips on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, yesterday, which was day five of our uh, daily devotional, our Faith Over Fear devotional, I shared uh, just this principle of uh, learning to plan better because those who plan better worry less. In fact, that's one of the lessons that I've learned. The people who worry the most are people who have planned the least. The OODA loop helps us to plan uh, more effectively, okay? And, uh, and so that's what we're going to do uh, this morning, all right? So observe, orient, decide, and act, okay? Say that with me, Converge. Observe, observe orient, orient, decide, decide and act. All right, so again, this is critically important to us, right? As we're practicing social distancing, we still want to stay spiritually engaged. And Pastor Wendy and I feel a, a tremendous responsibility to make sure that we're equipping you, right, and encouraging you. And, and so we, we pray that what we share next will encourage you. Now, the genesis or, or sort of the backstory to the OODA loop is simply this. An Air Force colonel uh, who was also a uh, an instructor pilot, a lot like Top Gun, back in the 1950s, developed the OODA loop. And uh, uh, in fact, they called him uh, 42nd John. Uh, his name was John Boyd, and they called him 42nd bond, uh, John because 
He was so effective as a fighter pilot, so proficient as a fighter pilot that he had a running bet. He had a running bet with every pilot that he could outmaneuver them within 40 seconds from a position of disadvantage. So imagine someone maybe having a head start. Maybe, you know, when you were younger and you would, you would, you guys would have this little race and then you would give the kids a head start and then you'd run past them. Well, uh, uh, 40 second. Uh, John was exactly the same. He would let the fighter pilots have a position of advantage over him. And within 40 seconds, he would outmaneuver them and actually win the dogfight. The reason he was so effective was because uh, internally he had developed this OODA loop. And he had developed the OODA loop by observation of human interactions. And he had narrowed it down to these four things. Now, psychologists say that we make decisions every single day hundreds, sometimes thousands of decisions where we're going through the OODA loop subconsciously. We just don't know that we're doing it. So he was, uh, John Boyd was a, an Air Force colonel. He was a masterful a strategist and tactician. In fact, all the fighter pilots who went through his training program, because they practiced the OODA loop, they, they outkilled uh, the, the, the more advanced Russian MiG fighter pilots 10 to 1. Wow. Because using the OODA loop, these pilots were able to outmaneuver the Russian pilots who were, who were flying uh, a more sophisticated MiG fighter jets. Critically important. Uh, so, so here it is. Uh, uh, number one, observe. Observe. Uh, 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 turn, with you, turn with us in your Bibles to Luke chapter number 12, verses 50 through, 54 through 56. Uh, Observe Luke 12, chapter 12, verses 54 through 56. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there yet, say oh me. That's kind of old school. We used to say that years ago, coming up in the word of faith, charismatic movement. So hopefully you're there. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verses 54 through 56. We also want to let you know that these notes are available on you version. You can follow along there. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words in red. And at Converge Church, man, we're intentional and deliberate about practicing and living out the red letter life. We're intentional, man, about fleshing out the words of Jesus. So even Jesus begins to teach us the necessity and the importance of observation. Notice what he says here in chapter 12, of the Gospel of Luke, beginning at verse 54. He said, then he also said to the multitudes, notice who he's talking to, right? His audience is the multitudes. Uh, there, there were several people who gathered to hear Jesus. Uh, and, and first of all, he had his inner circle, right? His, his 12 disciples. And there are moments where we get to kind of eavesdrop on what Jesus is saying just to his inner circle, just to his 12 disciples. But then there are also moments captured in scripture where Jesus is speaking to the multitudes. And so what Jesus is communicating now, he's level setting expectations, not just for his disciples, but he's speaking to the multitudes, right? That speaks to the fact that what Jesus is about to say also uh, has significance, right? Uh, to us, uh, centuries later. So he says, then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the West, Immediately you say, a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, man, there's going to be some hot weather. And there it is. Hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, 
But how is it you do not discern this time? Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, you are able to predict uh, with great accuracy uh, what's happening with the weather. You're able to forecast what's going to happen uh, just by observing the wind, just by observing uh, the skies, yet you're unable to discern what's happening spiritually. And Jesus is level-setting expectations. And he says it's good that you're able to see what's happening physically, but what's equally as important is that you're able to perceive what's happening spiritually. And what God wants for us in this season is not to ignore what we're hearing in the news. He's not wanting us to ignore the counsel that we're getting from our medical community, but he's saying that our decisions should not be based solely on what we see physically. In fact, he called them hypocrites. And again, I'm not trying to, 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 to put too much emphasis on our word, on that word, but I think Jesus is almost saying there's an expectation that if you're able to do one, you should be able to do the other. Right. Right. And what he's saying is that information, what what is happening spiritually beyond what we can see in the natural. He's saying there are things we can perceive spiritually. And he's saying to them that information is available. It is accessible to us. Now, observation, uh, according to John Boyd, right, begins with the gathering of data or the gathering of information. Uh, and so it's important that we gather all the information we can in this season about how to keep ourselves safe, uh, how to keep our family safe. But even beyond that, there is an opportunity uh, to perceive what is happening spiritually. Here's why that's so profound. Uh, God speaks to his prophet Amos in Amos chapter three and verse seven, and this is what he says. He says, I do absolutely nothing in the earth unless I reveal it first to my servant, the prophet, or my servants, the prophets. That means there is information available to us about what God is doing, how God is operating in the earth that he makes available to his servants, the prophets. He said, well, Pastor Ray, that's not for the multitudes. He speaks to his servants, his leaders, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's true. But notice what he also says in Genesis chapter 18 to Abraham. He's about to, God's about to rain down judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah because of their depravity, because of their, their the evil that had come up to him from that great city. And notice what he says to Abraham in Genesis 18. He says, shall I hide this thing from my friend Abraham? Notice God would not, listen to me, God would not and did not destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah until he revealed it to his friend Abraham. Well, let me go a step further because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So great verse, I believe is in Proverbs 4 or Proverbs 3 that simply says that God's secret counsel, his secret counsel, that means that stuff that's not uh, widely known, his secret counsel is with the righteous. God has reserved his secret counsel, his purposes and his plans to reveal it to the righteous. That's you and me. He said, Pastor Ray, well, why are you saying all of this? Simply this, if you look at Luke chapter 12, verses 54 through 56, Jesus is saying it is possible to understand and recognize what is happening in the natural, physically, but likewise, you and, also, you and I can also tap in to what God is doing spiritually. And when we find out, when we discover, when we allow God to reveal to us what he's doing spiritually, this is what's going to happen, Converge. It's going to set our hearts at ease right. 
because God will reveal his plan and his purpose in the midst of tumultuous times, in the midst of turbulence, in the midst of uncertainty. And out of that, he will settle his people. So how do we tap into that information? Because if observation is about gathering information, not just in the natural, but spiritually, uh, how do we do that? Number one, God speaks to us. And again, we're coaching you through this, right? So, so we know how to find certainty in uncertain times. God wants us to find certainty uh, by relying on and trusting what he reveals to us beyond what we hear and read in the news. The first way that God reveals his plan and his purpose to us, number one, is through the scriptures in front of us, through the scriptures in front of us. Here's the second way he does it. Through the spirit, his spirit within us. The scripture says in Romans chapter eight, that as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters, the huios, the mature sons and daughters of God. So when we, when we study the word, God reveals his plan and purpose. He speaks comfort and, and exhortation and admonition and even direction to our hearts. But the second way he does it is through his spirit, typically through prayer. And number three, the saints around us, all right? Uh, the scripture says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So in uncertain times, we can hear God's voice through the counsel of our friends through the counsel of those who are mature, who are also hearing from God. Remember Amos chapter three, God speaks through his servants, the prophets. And again, I'm not trying to say that Wendy and I are prophets or prophetic, but man, look, we've tapped in uh, 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 through prayer and God is giving us guidance and that's helping us navigate these uncertain times. Point number one, observation, the way we outmaneuver the enemy, a lot like John Boyd did with that 40-second bet, the way we outmaneuver the enemy is through observation. It is the ability to gather information, but we have to make sure we're gathering the right information. That means we have to rely on the truth of God's word, not just facts. Is that Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? Well, facts are subject to change, y'all. Uh, in fact, let me, let, me, let me put it this way. There, there was a time, uh, many centuries ago, when it was a widely held scientific fact that the earth was flat. Every scientist that, that had any kind of notoriety believed that the earth was flat until that was disproved. Listen, listen, there are facts that come in. In fact, you got to look no further than nutrition facts. One day eggs are good for you, the next day they're bad for you. One day egg whites are good for you, or the egg yolks are good for you, the next day they're bad for you. One day coffee's good, one day wine's good, the next day it's not. And so those facts seem to change. But the one thing that abides forever is the truth of God's word. So make sure, make sure you get the facts, but your decisions have to be based on information that is reliable and unchanging. And that's why the psalmist said, the flower fades the grass withers, but the word of God, it abides forever. This is truth that is unchanging and immutable in the midst of changing facts. And another thing, we don't want you to think that you, uh, whether it's in this crisis or any crisis in life, that you have to just sit idly by and just pray and read your word. Whenever something is going on, God is speaking to us, yes, not for things 
for us to just be at peace while there is a raging storm around us. God is speaking to us because he wants to use us. So good. He wants us so to be a solution mm. to the very complex problems that are going on. Good. We can go back to Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's workmanship mm. created in Christ Jesus for good works good. that were prepared in advance for us to do. Mm -hmm. And so, again, as we are sharing this with you, as you're gathering data, you're observing what is going on. You're in your word, gauging the signs of this time. It's not just for you to be at peace. It's not just for you to sit back and relax and say, well, God's got me and that's mm -hmm. all. It is also for God to use you. He wants you to be an active participant in the solutions that he will be providing. And the comfort that starts with you, that comfort mm. can be just as contagious as panic. That comfort, you can share that with your family members, so with your friends. And so there is a, we can um, counteract mm. uh, the panic that is going on because we have an answer. Silver and gold have I none, but mm. such as this, I offer you Christ. And so I just wanted to throw in that encouragement as we are uh, showing you from God's word and encouraging you to discern the times. It's not just for you to know what's going on, mm. but it's for you to be an active participant through God's direction of providing a solution to some very complex problems. That is so good. And I think that goes right along with First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. Mm -hmm. It speaks of the sons of Issachar. The sons of Issachar was one of the 12 tribes of, uh, of Israel. And they had this testimony uh, that the sons of Issachar were men who understood the times. Uh, they knew what Israel needed to do. And their brethren were at their command. They had influence, right? They were God's yes. vessel. They were God's channel of wisdom to the nation of Israel. And God wants to use you to do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, he wants you to understand the times, mm -hmm. right? By observation, not just by what we see in the natural, but what we perceive spiritually. He wants us to understand the times uh, so that we know what needs to be done. We can take the proper action, which is the next step. And our brethren are at our command. He gives us tremendous influence. And I believe that's what God wants to do with the church in this yes, season. Yes, he wants yes. us to be, uh, as the sons of Issachar, where our brethren are at our command. Where we have tremendous influence uh, with, with decision makers mm -hmm. in culture. Uh, that's critically yes. important. I think you should say that again. I don't want anybody to miss mm -hmm. that. Is that we're not just talking about Converge Church. Right. Right. But the church universal, that this is a time mm. that we really can experience revival, that we Absolutely. can give people a hope where there is none. Absolutely. I was listening to um, uh, a, a pastor, a little snippet on, on Instagram, mm. and I forget his name. I'm not familiar with him. So if you all know who I'm talking about, please, pastor, if you see this, please <laughs> forgive me. But he was talking to pastors and leaders mm. and it was kind of, you know, I kind of like all that hoop and holler and kind of preach it. <laughs> but he said something very profound. He said, you know, he said to the pastors, he said, what kind of house are you going to prophesy now mm. when this thing is in the air? What kind of car is going to be enough now mm. when the thing that's going on is in the air? So there are, we have reached a point where our money, our affluence, our educational status, none of us are exempt. Right. Even here in America, right. 
the richest nation, the most advanced nation, supposedly, we are not exempt. And so it is a time now when all of our material uh, gains right. cannot um, keep us exempt. So what will the people have to hold on to? Yeah. We have the answer. We have a hope. And not just as a temporary measure. Mm-hmm. is that we have an opportunity as the church to present to people a level of peace, a level of comfort that they've not ever experienced. Yeah. The word of God says one man plants, another man waters, God gives the increase. Yeah. So if we are planting uh, the the seeds of God's truth into people's lives, we're dropping little nuggets. We are being the hands and feet of Christ. We're meeting physical needs that can then open up the door for people wanting to hear, well, what makes you different? And so this is a great opportunity for us to be uh, the representatives, to be, um, uh, you know, all those other adjectives that I can't think of right now. We can really be the church universal. We can really be Christ representers. We can represent Christ in a way that people um, may not have been open to before. No, very good. Very good. So here, here it is again. Observation, gather information or gather data. The first step is to identify the problem or threat and gain an overall understanding of the internal and external environment. That's what observation is. Number two, after you have observed the conditions that exist in your environment, both naturally and spiritually, the next thing you need to do is orient yourself. Mm -hmm. Adjust, right? This speaks of the adjustments that we need to make after we have observed what is happening in our environments. This has become one of my favorite verses, and and I just love the way that it's captured in the message paraphrase. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 52. It says, he said, speaking of Jesus, then you see how every student well-trained in God's kingdom is like the owner of a general store who can put his hands on anything you need, old or new, exactly when you need it. The reason I love that verse is that verse speaks to this idea of orienting ourselves to our situation and our circumstances. That means in this season, you and I can't be rigid. We have to be fluid. We have to be flexible. It has been said, blessed are those who are flexible because they will bend and not break. break. Listen to me. God wants us to be pliable in his hands. And after you have made these observations, the next thing you have to do is orient yourself, adjust yourself to what people are now calling the new normal. That means the new normal might look a lot like your teenagers up in your house five days, seven days a week when they used to be in school five days a week. How do you adjust to now becoming their tutor, their teacher? That's your new normal. But the scripture says that we have to not only observe what's happening, we have to orient ourselves. We have to adjust ourselves to what's happening in culture. It it, it might mean if you've been a big spender, Orienting yourself to what's happening in culture right now might mean that you go out and spend less. The next step in the OODA loop is decide. 
decide. Uh, and in the decision-making phase, uh, we make suggestions toward an action or a response plan, taking into consideration all of the potential outcomes. So after you've oriented yourself, now you have to make decisions based on your orientation to that environment. Notice what James writes in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That's good news. That in the decision-making process, if we lack wisdom, if we're uncertain about what to do next, we can ask God. And God will do a couple of things. Number one, he will give us his wisdom, his insight, liberally, generously, and notice what it says, without reproach. That word reproach in the Greek means without finding fault. So he's not going to say, oh, well, you should have asked me before the fact. No, he, he's not going to uh, uh, beat you over the head or 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 judge you because you find yourself in a difficult position. He's actually going to give you his wisdom, his insight into the decision you should make. He's going to do it liberally and he's going to do it without finding reproach. But notice what it says let, uh, next. So I said, let him ask in faith. So when you ask for wisdom, make sure you do it in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And what James is saying is the wisdom of God is available to us. We ask in faith. But let's resist the urge to be double-minded, right? Going back and forth between our circumstances and the promise of God. And I think we need to look at our approach when we need to ask God for wisdom. It's not like you're approaching the Wizard of Oz. Right. Remember, there was a fear and all of this rumble going on in the movie when Dorothy and all her buddies were approaching the mm. wizard, this supposedly all... Uh, powerful thing. That's not who God is. Mm -hmm. God is a loving father. And so as you approach him to ask for wisdom, don't have fear that he's going to rebuke you or he's going to judge you or he's going to, you right. know, thump your knuckles and say, no, you can approach him as a child approaching a loving father saying, hey, you know, I've got this question or I need help with this. A loving father is going to stop what he's doing, give his full attention. And that's who God is for right. us. That's so good. That's so good. So in the decision making process, remember that God makes wisdom available. And the way we access the wisdom of God is to simply ask. Amen. Uh, fourth and final thing in the OODA loop is now you have to take action, right? right. So you've observed, you've oriented, you've decided uh, deciding is a lot like uh, uh, firing a weapon, right? It's ready, aim, fire. Ready, aim, fire. Most people stop at ready, aim. Ready, aim. And they, they, mm. they never summon the courage That's good. to pull the trigger. Yeah. When you have the information, you have the wisdom of God, now you must take action. Notice what the scripture says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. How many of you realize that faith is voice activated, 
right? Uh, uh, in fact, the scripture says uh, that out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth will speak. So we have to declare the word of God into and over our situation and our circumstances. After you receive the, the wisdom of God, one of the ways you take action is through the words that you speak. They need to be full of life, full of faith, and they need to line up with God's word. It's called homologeo. It means to same speak what God has said. We ought to be the echo of God's voice in our situation and circumstances. Not CNN, not ABC, not NBC, not Fox News. This book of the law will not, shall not depart from your mouth because faith is voice activated. But you shall meditate in it both day and night. That's how we get the wisdom of God through prayer and through the study of God's word that you may observe. Here it is. Observe to do. That means take action. Observe to do. Take action. It's a lot like your security lights, right? Uh, it's, it's not only voice activated, right? Like Alexa, but you also have motion sensors around your house. And those motion sensors respond to action. They respond to movement. And the same is true, that our faith is activated when we take action. You know why? James chapter 2. Faith without works is what? Dead, Dead being alone. Uh, so that you may observe to do all that is written in it. Notice, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. When it comes to the OODA loop, Action pertains to carrying out the decision and related changes that need to be made in response to your decision. Listen, listen to me, Converge. After you decide, you have to take action. And sometimes the wisdom of God contradicts. The wisdom of God sometimes contradicts what seems natural. Sometimes the wisdom of God will say, go left when everybody's going right. Mm -hmm. That's where faith steps in and you and I have to step out in faith based on what the word of God is saying. And sometimes the wisdom of God will be unique and specific to your context, to what you need to do, to what your family needs to do, to what your business needs to do. So trust that God will speak to you, God will direct you, and what God is speaking to you may look a little bit different than what he's saying to everyone else, mm -hmm. but you can trust that the wisdom of God will help you to make finer distinctions, not just between what's good and what's evil, but between what is good and what is yes. best. And that's why Jesus says, take no thought for tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And with the OODA loop, you have a roadmap, right? Mm -hmm. A blueprint to make those finer decisions. So you are planning better and worrying less. Well, this is how we can... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, baby. I was just going to say very good. I know uh, earlier mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, taking communion. Yes. And so this may be a great time. We are going to take communion together. You may want to pause the video and go grab your elements. If you don't have communion elements at home, uh, the little juice and the wafer, it's okay. You can grab you some juice. You can get a cracker. You can get some bread. Uh, you can make... 
uh, communion at home yourself. We just picked these up from Mardell. We're not encouraging you to go out to Mardell. You may be able to order some online. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to take communion with you. So pause the video, go grab your elements, and then come right back. And so Converge family, uh, we count it an honor and a privilege to share this special time with you as we come to the Lord's table, as we take communion uh, together. Just as Pastor Wendy encouraged you to grab a wafer, grab a cracker, grab a piece of bread, grab some grape juice, cranberry juice, uh, orange juice, whatever you have, and let's take communion together. In Exodus chapter 12, there was a plague. Uh, in fact, a series of plagues that went through the, the entire land of Egypt. Uh, but God preserved his people. And this is the night before God brings his people out of 420 years of bondage. He speaks to the nation of Israel through his servant Moses, and he tells them to put apply the blood mm -hmm. uh, to the doorpost and, and the entry points and the exit points to their homes. And, and in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13, uh, these are the words of God through his servant Moses. And it says, now the blood, come on somebody, shall be a sign for you mm -hmm. on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be mm. on you to destroy you mm. when I strike the land of Egypt. Notice what God said. He says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. He said he would pass over. He means that, that, that the plague that came upon the nation of Egypt mm -hmm. would not touch God's people. Listen to me. Mm. The Bible declares that if you and I are in Christ, yeah. then we are Abraham's seed and we are heirs according to the promise. Mm -hmm. That means what God promised to his people in this covenant with his people belongs to you and me. And he still says it today that when I see the blood, mm. even the blood of his son, Jesus, that was shed on the cross 2000 years ago, it might come to your neighbor's house. It might come to the city. It might come to the nation, but it will not come nigh your dwelling because the blood covers you. So father, we take this emblem, this symbol of your broken body. We break it and as we break it, we thank you, God, that you bless it and we receive it, Father, as your life-giving covenant to us, to our children, and even our children's children now. And we thank you that when you see the blood, no sickness, no disease, no pandemic will come nigh us in the name of Jesus. We receive it now by faith, strength, and healing and wholeness. We declare shalom over your people. Nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking. In Jesus' name, amen. Take now and eat. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul writes these words that in the same night, in the same way, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he also took the cup and said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. As often as you drink of this cup, you do it in remembrance of me. This cup represents the broken body. Uh, the, the, the wafer represents the broken body. The cup represents the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Remember, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And in this blood, this blood has the efficacy. It has the power not only to cleanse sin, but to protect us from every work of the enemy. 
And today, the Lord promises that when he sees the blood applied, when he sees the blood which covers every believer, the plague will not come nigh thee. Father, we thank you for this symbol of your shed blood. Jesus, we thank you that your word declares that by your stripes we were healed. 2,000 years ago, you finished the work on the cross with your broken body and shed blood. Even today, Lord, we thank you that this blood hey, will never lose its power. It will never lose its power. So we cover your people now, your sons and your daughters. Converge church, Father, and everyone connected to us. Your body, your church, we cover now in the precious holy blood that will never, ever lose its power. I thank you that this cup is blessed to our bodies and our lives to your service. In Jesus' name, amen. Take now and drink. Amen and amen. Pastor Wendy's going to pray for us as we're dismissed. We pray that you are encouraged with this second ser- uh, sermon, the second me- message in our faith over fear installment. We're learning, yeah. we're discovering how to find certainty in these uncertain times. Our God is faithful. Yes, he, is. he will not change. He cannot change. He is immutable. He is the Lord and he changes not. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Thanks for tuning in. We ask you, we ask you, man, if this message was a blessing to you, to share it with your friends, share it on your social media platforms, repost it on Instagram and Twitter, share it on Facebook. Let's get the word out and keep God's people encouraged. We also ask you, uh, because we're not meeting corporately, to remember uh, to remain faithful with your giving, your tithes, and your offerings, uh, you can continue to give uh, at www.weareconverge.com slash give. And your generosity will help us help those who are in need in our church and our community as well. If you want to give by text, you can also do that by texting Converge Give, Converge Give to 77977. Yes. 77977 Converge Give. And you can give by text that way or you can give at the URL we provided. Thank you uh, for keeping our uh, uh, keeping us strong and healthy financially so we can continue to meet needs in our church and in our community. Amen. Pastor Wendy, Amen. would you bless us out? Amen. Let us pray. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. And we ask that you continue to allow us to Mm -hmm. grab hold of them and to rest in them. Yes, Lord. Use us in this season, Mm -hmm. Lord, not only for our good, but for your glory. Your glory. Be with our entire church family. Lord, we ask that you... Uh, uh, place your hand upon this nation, this world, Lord, and through our prayers and through our faith, help us get through this uh, quicker, stronger, and better because of it. Lord, we love you so much, Jesus. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I meant to say this, but I, I forgot just remembered as you were praying. Thank you for leading us in prayer. We will be committing to a, a season of fasting and prayer over the next five days, Monday through Friday. Follow us again on all of our social media pra- platforms. We're going to be praying for our nation uh, during this time. We believe that prayer changes things. We're going to be praying according to Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. We're going to be praying for our nation. Uh, we're going to be praying for our leaders, our, our medical workers. And uh, so we encourage you 
uh, to join us there. More information will be forthcoming uh, soon uh, as we pray intentionally and strategically for our nation and for our world. But most importantly, our part as God's solution in the midst of this complex problem. We love you. God bless you. Jesus, people, purpose. Thank you.